0: I'm your girl, LaToya Francis, and you're listening to the On My Soapbox podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of the On My Soapbox podcast. The place where I come to be unfiltered and unadulterated on matters that might not be popular or even might bring some opposition. But this is my soapbox, and these are the things I am passionate about. This week, I'm on my soapbox bringing to you my thoughts on the weightiness of the call. I don't know about you, but for me, this week, I have had numerous conversations on things that can divide a room real quick. And on all fronts, my point of reference always leads me back to my faith. Yet, I find myself constantly bombarded with the idea of am I being tolerant enough in my responses? Am I truly sharing the heart of God in what I do and what I say? When I think of the call, I think of what I feel and have an understanding of what it is that I'm actually called here on earth to do. I think of all my passions and that main one that drives all the others. I think of sacrifice. I think of the burden of giving up that which I want for that which I need. I think of pleasing God, hearing well done when we stand before him. I think of the adventures to places I have never dreamed of and building relationships with people I now find it impossible to imagine a life without. Right? And in all of this, I am still tempted to think I am human. God will understand if I shirk the weightiness and responsibility of the call that is on my life. God must understand the fact that making people feel bad about their decisions that are in opposition with His word. Can't be a good thing, so I have to play nice. To be honest, where I'm at though is as it concerns taking a stance around this. One of my youth, he likes to say, That sounds like a personal problem when I mention or ask him to do something he doesn't want to do. And I think this idea of, you know, am I being tolerant enough? You know, am I sharing the heart of God in what I do? That is a personal problem because I think if you take a look with me at Matthew 22, 34 to 40 in the Passion Translation, it says, When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had sat in Sadducees, they called a meeting to discuss how to trap Jesus. Then one of them, a religious scholar, posed this question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Jesus answered him, Love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, and with every thought that is within you. This is the great and supreme commandment. And the second is like it, in importance. You must love your friend in the same way you love yourself. Contained within these commandments to love, you will find all the meaning of the law and the prophets. I think it's very clear, at least for me it is. Jesus says that the first commandment that is supreme is to love your God with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being and with every thought that is within you. And then he goes on to say, you must love your friend in the same way you love yourself. And so I feel like if I am answering the call and acknowledging the weightiness of the call, in order to figure out what the call is, I need to go back to God and go back to the creator of all things, go back to the creator of me and ask, okay, Lord, what do you want me to be doing? And I think it's pretty concise within this verse because another translation English standard version says you shall love the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind right just another way of saying what the other translation said and for me it's this thing of if i am focusing all of who i am on loving god not only does my heart change which then leads to the way that i interact with people the way that i feel for other people and feel for myself but the way that i think changes my mind is now activated and, you know, has fresh insight on the way that I think and see the world, which then leads into the soul aspect, the way that I live, the way that I move and I have my being, you know? And so for me, I feel, like I said, I think it's concise. And just like my boy would say, it's a personal problem. It's for us to actually go back to God and ask him, okay, and now for me, I don't know if I need to ask anything else because it's clear, if I'm finding... It's hard to respond in a way that I feel will honor God and at the same time show love to my brothers and sisters around me then I need to go back to am I truly loving God with all that that's within me am I spending enough time with him to ensure that my perspective is not you know uh, majorly informed by my surroundings but it's actually majorly informed by my relationship with Christ and once that's done because I feel like from my understanding And I'm on my soapbox. From my understanding, if I am loving God with all that's within me, then the second commandment becomes a bit more easier. Then I'm able then, yes, to see my brothers and sisters around me and love them like I would love myself. So if I'm loving you like I love myself, if I love myself because of now my interaction with the God of the universe, my relationship with Christ, then that means I would want you to know the truth that I know. You know, right? You know, I would want to make sure that you're good, that we understand the time that we have here is temporary compared to what comes after. I would want to ensure that I'm sharing the love of Christ with everyone I come in contact with because I know the value of it and because I'm loving you exactly as I love myself. I would want somebody to share the truth with me. So I share the truth with you because I'm loving you like I love myself. Which brings me to the thought of, maybe one of the reasons why we're having this issue or why i'm having this issue about you know whether or not i'm being you know tolerant enough or loving god enough i think it might be an issue for me to go back to the drawing board and say yo toy do you love yourself enough because the standard should be how i love myself is how i treat others because that's what the word says and how i love myself is informed by my relationship with christ and saying all of that, I know that, you know, because like I said, there's a lot going on world over, but keeping it even home-based, like receiving a message and, you know, in a chat and someone, you know, is speaking in a way that I'm wondering, you're calling me to love, but your words are not sprinkled with love. How do I respond to that? And then having this idea of sometimes, you know, I think we feel like we're alone, you know, no one else is fighting this battle. And as I was preparing for this, you know, I felt led to First Kings 19. So Elijah's out here fleeing from Jezebel in First Kings chapter 19, right? And Jezebel basically sent, <laughs> sent a message, you understand? Like, I think I've heard people in the U.S. say this as well. Don't come for me unless I send for you, right? And even here in the Caribbean, like when you feel like you're the one that's more likely going to win the fight, You know, you're going to be the one making all the big chat and be like, yo, send for that boy there. And I feel like that's exactly what Jezebel did. She sent for him and she's like, yo, listen. So in verse two, it says, then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me and more so if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. The woman sent for Elijah. And imagine Elijah doing the work of God. You know, Elijah spreading the truth. You know, he calling up rain, calling down rain. You know, like he's doing the work of God. And here comes this woman deciding that she's going to send for the messenger of God, the prophet of God. Now, (laughs) again, when I read this, I was like, yo, this sounds like me a lot. So now Elijah finds himself being very afraid, get up, runs for his life to Beersheba. Right, and it says that he finds himself under a broom tree, and under this broom tree, he's asking, Lord, just let me die. It is enough now. Oh, Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. Again, the dramatics, yo. We can be very dramatic, like when we find ourselves in a position where the majority is not for us, we tend to be like Elijah, Lord, kill me now. I done, nobody else now, you're doing nothing. I done, right. But I just love how gracious God is to us because it says in verse 5, And he lay down and slept under a broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mount of God. So here we find God just being so gracious and saying, Yo, he tired. You know, let me send my angel to feed him and to strengthen him. And that strength that God gave him lasted him forty days and forty nights. The food that angel fed him lasted him. Kept him for 40 days and 40 nights. What am I saying? I'm saying that when we do find ourselves in a place where we've questioned whether or not we were behaving in a way that is tolerant, that shows the heart of God, we've then gone and gone back and checked our heart against what Jesus said the greatest commandments are. And we find that, yes, I am spending time with God. You know, I have, you know, loved God with all that I have, and I am earnestly trying to love my neighbor as I love myself. But yet still the journey still feels heavy. It still feels like, yo, I in this alone, the call is too much. The heaviness of the call is too much. And we see here, the angel says to him in verse seven, arise and eat for the journey is too great for you. And sometimes, I think I say sometimes, bro, I feel like those who are called by God, this is Fox. Like there should be moments when it feels too much for you. And that shouldn't be an indication for us to give up. That shouldn't be an indication for us to throw in the towel and be like, yo, I done. That should be an indication for us to lean more heavily on God. Anyways, fast forward. Elijah then finds himself lodged in a cage, in a cave. And the word of the Lord came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Here Elijah's response. I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant. Thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I, only am left. And they seek my life to take it away. Yo, and I got like, the end gets a bit better because God gave him a ma- like one of those, as a matter of fact, you tripping. You're just tired. You need a rest. Go sleep, baby. Go sleep. Take a breather. It's not that deep. I really feel within my spirit that for those who would stop to listen, stop to hear, there's a sound coming for those who will stop to hear, right? And I believe that within the sound, God is going to speak so clearly. God is going to provide very clear instructions on how to move, how to carry ourselves, and how to be representatives of his truth in a way that honors him i think sometimes when we find ourselves you know in weary places it become hard for us to hear you know we're looking for this grand excitement and like i'm gonna read now it is very clear that the way that god is speaking like just because you don't hear him that don't mean that he's not speaking and it's very clear to me that there's a sound coming a sound that's gonna set people free A sound that is going to bind up broken hearts. A sound that is going to raise people from dead living. But in order to hear that sound, we need to be connected to God. We need to go back to what Matthew 22 says. Loving him. Finding time to ensure that we're loving him with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind. And then we're able to love others as ourselves. But just to wrap up this idea of, yes, the call is weighty but there is a sound coming that is going to cause us and give us exactly what we need to live out that call. So like I said, Elijah finds himself in a cave and he's just like lodged there wondering like, okay, woe is me. Let me die now. God shows up and say, hey, I want to chat to you. What are you doing here? Right? And it says that God says to me, I'll come out. I need chat to you. Stand. What he say? He said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. Right? And it said that behold, the Lord passed by in a great strong wind toward the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, the noise, the heavy, you know what I mean? The shaking, the wind the blowing. God wasn't in that. After the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. Yeah. And after the earthquake, a fire. But it says the Lord was not in the fire. And what I feel like we're going through, a lot of us right now, seems to be the fire. But catch a drift. It said, after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. The sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, what are you doing here Elijah and he went through the whole spiel again right and the Lord said to him in verse 15 go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus go return on your way I don't know who needs to hear this this week but again you may feel like you're going through the fire you may feel like you're at a place where you are not sure if what you're doing is still pleasing to God. You may not be sure if what you're saying, the things that you're passionate about, if those things are really and truly giving God glory. But I want you to know that even in the midst of what seems to be desolation, even when in the midst of what seems to be great opposition, your call is still valid and the Lord God Himself is with you. You have all that you need to respond to do in a way that honors God don't watch the noise don't watch the great big distractions when God shows up and asks why are you here I almost picture God being a bit confused and God can't be confused with God God is all-knowing but you know how sometimes we find ourselves in situations like "Yo, what are you even doing why are you here And he goes through this pity party again. Oh, I'm by myself. I am by myself. No one else is doing anything, Lord. No one else is doing anything, right? And God was just like, no, Elijah, no. Go on your way. Return on your way. Whatever it is that God has called you to, go and return on your way. And when you do need a refresher of why you're doing what you're doing, and if you're doing what you're doing in a way that honors God, don't look to the left or to the right. As my boy said, that's a personal problem because Jesus was very clear. We're called to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. And in doing that, we can then love our neighbors as ourselves. So whatever the call is, go and return even in the midst of opposition, even when they send for you, just like Jezebel sent for Elijah and Elijah, run. I pray to God you don't run. But if you do run, this is the call to go back on your watchtower. Go back to what God has called you to and know that he will equip you to finish the race that he set for you to run. Until next time, the call is weighty, but there's a glory that comes from you completing your journey. Thank you for listening to the On My Soapbox podcast. I'm your girl, Latoya Francis. Until next time, stand for something or fall for anything.